The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. the world your lover. That's what we're here to do, my darlings. That's what we do through my online joy school at lisamacourt.com, through my newest book, Free Your Joy, The 12 Keys to Sustainable Happiness. And it's what we're going to do right here, right now together on the Do Joy podcast, where I bring you fascinating guests with powerful insights for elevating your personal vibration. Deep lasting happiness is a skill you can learn, and I'm so honored to be on this journey with you. Hey there, my listener loves from all across the globe, every continent except Antarctica. I feel you out there. I know you feel one another. How do you like the new opener song by my talented friend, Mary View? You took a break, you searched your soul, and now the world's your lover. Isn't that a beautiful way to express what we do here? My phenomenal guest today knows all about that. I can't wait to dig into conversation with him. Quick housekeeping, the new book, Free Your Joy, is available for pre-order, and when you do that, you get a coupon code to use at the site worth way more than the price of the book. So it's time to go free your joy, my darlings, in all the ways. Hop over to lisamacourt.com to find out about that. My guest today is absolute love and light. I could not adore him more. Coop Blackson is a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He's author of the national best-selling book, You Are the One and the Magic of Surrender, widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development. He's been featured on Larry King Now, Fox and Friends, Dr. Drew and others. Inc. Magazine calls him the mindfulness guru billionaires go to for advice. And I wish you could see this face. It is impossible to not fall in love with this face and every word that comes out of his mouth. Welcome, Kud. I hope I didn't embarrass you. I can be embarrassing. Uh, Just ask my kids. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Every bit of it's true. Your books are so wonderful. I always say that the best books are more than an artful assemblage of words. They provide a transmission. You can feel the imprint of the author's energy, and that imprint is received and integrated by the reader, right? If the reader's in the right receptive place for that. And I so feel that with your work. You, you recognize that, right? That, that there's something in your teaching that goes beyond your words. It's, it's an energetic transmission. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the new book, The Magic of Surrender. There's so much to say about it. Let's just start with what makes surrender such a powerful topic to explore. Yeah, you know, look, this was not the, actually the book I thought I was going to write. Never is. I wanted to <laughs> write another book. I had my own agenda, boot agenda, to write another book that I thought would be 
a bestseller, New York Times hit, uh, a book the publishers would want, a book I thought my audience would want. And I remember sitting down for weeks at the time trying to crack the code of like mega best-selling books. I already had one national bestseller, but I wanted it to be an even more bigger bestseller. And so I sat with a whiteboard and uh, was brainstorming ideas. And I came up with 50, 60, 70 incredible ideas. Maybe one day I'll do them, but none of them felt truly authentic. None of them felt truly aligned. None of them felt just in sync with my soul, you know, if I was really honest. And the only word that really stood out for me and had a authentic integrity was the word surrender. And I resisted it because I thought, wow, I know this is a topic where we have so many misconceptions about the word surrender. And so I had to surrender to the book about surrender, <laughs> the book that was seeking to be written. And I realized that this book had a soul of its own. And surrender, uh, one of my, maybe one of the reasons I resisted it, is because it, it's something we kind of know about, we know we should do in certain ways, but in so many ways as human beings, we resist surrender for reasons which we can get into. Uh, there's so many misconceptions in our culture today about what surrender is, what surrender isn't. This idea that surrender is weak, surrender is passive, that surrender is uh, giving up, that surrender is waving the white flag, that surrender means uh, you're going to be a doormat, you're going to be left behind, you're going to be taken advantage of, you, you won't manifest your goals, your dreams, desires, or you're gonna get less in life. And so who the hell wants, who, who the hell wants to do that if that's what surrender is? And so um, I think that surrender in my experience that has been lived in life itself is the most powerful thing that we can do. I feel as though surrender is the real secret to manifestation. Surrender is the real key to the next level of our lives. Um, and, and so what I'm really saying is if you really understand the true essence of surrender, what if you didn't get less in life, but you got more, more than you could have planned, more than you could have intended, more than you could have willed, with your ego's capacity to imagine what's possible. What if you got more? And maybe not what you expected, but better, but different. And so for me, this is how the magic of surrender came about. And I started to look at people I was inspired by. Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, uh, Mother Teresa, Mandela, Martin Luther King, uh, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, none of whom are weak people. They didn't just sit around and, and, and sort of, they weren't victims, you know, they were strong, they were powerful. But I think at some point, every one of these people, they got to the point where they had to surrender themselves. They got to the point where they surrendered themselves to life, to the divine, to the universe, to their soul, to a purpose that was bigger than themselves. And in that surrender, they transcended themselves. They transcended their human limitations. And in that letting go, they tapped into another dimension of life and existence and, and potential. And that's when I think life began to express through them. Life began to use them in ways that they could not have imagined. And so just to set that context, surrender is a letting go of control or I should say the illusion that we are in control because control is a master addiction. If you look at the last few years, 
since the maybe 2020, the pandemic times, we thought we were in control and then boom, this pandemic hits, we realized maybe we're not as in control as we thought. And so it's a letting go of the illusion of control. It's a letting go of trying to force and manipulate life to fit our limited idea of how we think it should be and what we think it should look like, who we think we should be, how we think life should be. And it is an availability. It is a receptivity. It is an openness. And to me, this is what surrender is. It's that willingness to take the limitations off of life and allow life to lead you, life to show you the highest impulse of life to kind of reveal itself to you. And that's when I think the magic happens. And so the old ego-based model of create, creating and manifesting is all about know what you want, get clear on what you want, and go make it happen. Like, just just push, force, will it into existence. And you can live life that way, but what I found is life will often be limiting, limited in some way because when we are creating from the mind, when we're creating from logic, when we're creating from ego, ego which is that... Uh, sense of self that we mistakenly believe ourselves to be and identify as ego is still based on conditioning from our past and conditioning and programming from past experience so whenever we create from ego we don't have we, we only have a very limited perspective and so since we're creating from limitation what will what we will end up creating will be limited even though it might be great it might be amazing it will still be limited to a degree so in the the path of surrender so to speak, there's a different question. It's an infinite question. And the question is no longer, well, what do I want? Because we often don't ask, well, who is the I that's wanting? And many times we do end up manifesting what we thought we wanted, only to realize that what we thought we wanted was just what we thought we wanted based on who we thought we were. But if we're not in touch with who we truly are, then many times our goals can be projections of unmet needs from childhood and insecurities and, and then we're still not fulfilled even though we manifested the thing so the question becomes what is it that life is seeking to manifest to me what is it that that god the universe the divine what is it what is it that life is seeking to express through me and to attune to that to listen to that to feel for that to align with that and when we're able to kind of bring ourselves into sync and into alignment with our souls then we can sort of engage the mind, the ego, the personality, our goal setting, our intention, our, our planning, our strategy, our resources to support the deeper intention of our soul. And so there's the difference. And so I think when we are creating in harmony with, with our soul, we are truly surrendered. And that's when we are in flow. And that's when I think nature supports itself because nature supports its own manifestation. And so that's for me the magic of surrender and magic being not like a david copperfield magic magic being that which is beyond our current capacity to imagine our lives that which is beyond our current ego's capacity to see magic is that which we can't even imagine it's better than we can imagine it's not limited to our current conditioning and and everyone i ask everybody says yeah i want more magic but we don't want to surrender. We don't want to let go. We want what we want, and we want to stay who we are, but we want the magic. But the truth is, if you want more magic, you have to surrender. And if you surrender, you'll get more magic. And so the next level of your life, for all of us, the next level of one's life, requires the next level of you. The next level of you requires that you let go, you release 
what is no longer in alignment with who you are and what your soul is seeking to become. You can't manifest the new being the old, but often what we do as human beings is we tend to hold on to the old. We tend to hold on to what we know. We tend to hold on to the comfortable out of safety, out of familiarity, out of comfort, not realizing that we're just blocking our blessing. And so surrender is a letting go so that we can make space for the highest expression of life to manifest. There are like 50 threads I want to pull on on that beautiful uh, expression that you just shared with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love the examples that you gave in history because I think um, you, you gave a lot of reasons that, that people are, are afraid of surrender. I think one of them is that, that there's so much injustice and people so feel activated these days to want to do something and just to surrender to the horrible things in the world feels like the the wrong thing to do so you you gave these uh, examples of these extremely powerful figures in history who through surrender were able to make such beautiful yes. contributions to the world so I'm, I'm glad you pulled that together yeah and surrender doesn't mean you sit there and do nothing surrender doesn't mean you don't take a stand surrender doesn't mean you don't you know Fight for what you believe is 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 love, loving and aligned. But surrender means to feel the deepest impulse and expression of love within you, the deepest impulse and expression. And that might mean to start that foundation. That might mean to speak for the underprivileged, which we sometimes resist because we're afraid of what people will think or the consequences. Surrender means to 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 listen and be obedient to the deepest, most authentic truth and impulse that is seeking to express through you. And if that means, yeah, go fight for the other privilege, start that foundation, you know, uh, launch that thing, campaign for that that idea you really believe in, that's surrender. And, and, and when we truly do that, that may require action. That may require that you work more than you've ever worked. That may require that you work 24-7. For a cause that is bigger than yourself, but you are in alignment. But the key is when you, there's a couple of things. When you are acting, you're no longer attached to the result or the outcome. Mm-hmm. You, you align with, okay, this is what I feel called to do, but you're not attached to how it needs to look. It's the attachment to the outcome is when we start to put limitations on life because when we are attached to the outcome and the thing being what we think we, we, we think it should be, we're no longer open to life showing us sometimes the goal that we think is the goal is not really the goal. It is just the necessary evolutionary journey that we need to go on in order to grow, to evolve, to learn the lessons so that we can become the person that is more evolved and developed who so that we can be more right, so that we can develop the mental, emotional, spiritual, psychological capacity, soul force, so that we're more ready to live our true purpose. But if we didn't go on that journey, we wouldn't grow and evolve. And so surrender doesn't mean just sitting there and doing nothing, but it also, so, so, but it also means where you're coming from is different. And I think that, that's a key thing because if you want to, here's the thing, if you want to really change the world, you have to change yourself. Mm-hmm. If you want to change, you can't bring peace on the planet if you are full of anger, mm-hmm. resentment, hatred, you know, unforgiveness, hating on your mom, hating on your spouse, cheating on your wife or husband, you know, resentful towards everyone in your You can't bring peace on the planet from that place of anger and internal hatred. And so look, the world that we see out here 
is a mirror manifestation of the collective consciousness of all of us combined. The world that we see out here is a projected reflection of the totality of the consciousness of all 8 billion of us in totality. There is no world out here. So the president, the government, the leaders, the wars reflects to us the total consciousness of all of us combined. So we have to ask, do, do I like what I see? If I don't like what I see, well, the truth is we can't change everything. We can't change the president and the government and the politics. We, we can't change. We're not in control of the weather and the sun and the stars and Putin and Ukraine. We're just not. But what we are in control of is ourselves. And part of surrender is to recognize that we have to stop pointing the finger out here because when we point the finger out here, it can start feeling helpless and hopeless. But what we have to realize is say, okay, let me, let, let me, let me look at the mirror. Let me take full responsibility for them. That, that, that I am a micro of the macro and ask myself, what does the world reflect to me about myself? What does the president, the people in leadership positions, what do they reflect to me about myself? Well, they, they're, you know, they're out of integrity and they lie and they, you know, Biden, Trump, whoever, whoever's your president, they're liars and they're, they're, well, we have to ask ourselves, where do I lie? Where am I out of integrity? People might say, well, I'm not like that guy out there. But every time we say yes when we mean no, every time we pretend to be who we think we need to be in order to get love, validation, and approval, every time we betray ourselves, every time we don't express our authentic truth, we are out of integrity in our own way. And so I think if we really want to be a change in the world, we have to change ourselves and look at where do I lie? Where am I out of integrity? Where, where do I... Where am I at war within myself? Where do I drop bombs of self-hatred and judgment? Where am I hard on myself every single day? Where? Where where, where am I unkind to myself? You know, and and if we want peace on the planet, but we won't call up our brother or sister and say, I'm sorry, because we're right, then we are perpetuating the, 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 dysfunction we are perpetuating the war on the planet because we are at war within ourselves and within our own lives within our own world and so i think part of surrender is to acknowledge our part to acknowledge what we can do to surrender to doing what we can do and taking the action so that when we go into action we're not going into action from a place of resistance we're not going into action from a place of againstness. We are coming from peace. We're coming from loving. We're coming from compassion because we, we're healing our own inner world. And I think that's that's a shift. And so surrender doesn't mean doing nothing. It means first starting inside. But it also means, kind of a side note, but it also means we have to be willing, this is kind of a deeper level of things, right? We have to be willing to accept the nature of reality out here. The truth is, we live in the 3D. We live in the we live in a world of duality. We live in a world of interdependent polaric opposites. That's the nature of life: up, down, positive, negative. You know, left, right, good, bad, light, dark, male, female, all short. It's duality. This 3D realm is not the realm of transcendental utopia. It is a realm of density and duality in this realm. So 
if we are looking for perfection out here in the world, we won't find it out here. So what we have to do is kind of accept and surrender to the nature of this human experience, which is a realm of limitation. And when we can surrender to that, then we can stop expecting it to be anything other than it is. We can surrender to it being what it is. It's physics. It's the Tao. It's the wholeness value. It's the Tao, yin, yang. It's just the nature of this reality. When we can surrender to that, then we're no longer resisting it. When we're no longer resisting it, then we start to realize that the true affection is not out here. It's inside of us. The true peace, the true uh, utopia, the true is the true freedom is an inner state of being. Jesus said, "The kingdom of heaven is within you." He didn't say the kingdom of heaven is in Wall Street. The kingdom of heaven is in Neiman Marcus. The kingdom of heaven is in you know the Republican Party or the Democrat. But the kingdom of heaven is within. And so I think when we realize that the true source of perfection is inside of us, we stop looking for it out here. And so when it rains, or when it shines, or when 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 there's ups and downs out here, there's no resistance because we understand the nature of duality. It's it's impermanent. It's constantly changing. When we can make peace with that, then there's no more friction. Then there's less. It shouldn't be that way. There's acceptance. Now that acceptance doesn't mean we don't take a stand. We don't stop that foundation. We don't, you know, feed the poor. It means we can do it from a place of more surrender and a place of more openness versus a place of like, it shouldn't be this way or life is wrong. This is wrong. We can do it from a place of just more loving rather than anger and 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 that energy which we with which we bring to our action and intention to that experience is also what affects the world hallelujah my friend yeah that was a a lot of great great shadow work practice in there a lot of good uh, duality lesson um i love all that i think my favorite thing that you said was about how surrendering is finding the place inside where we are love i assume you're talking about our soul every one of us walking the planet has one right why do you think it is that we've been so trained away from recognizing that perfectly valid aspect that each of us has within us and and our society is so structured to ignore that and if people are listening and saying yes coot i agree i want to be more more in touch with that aspect of me i want to bring that more into the foreground of my existence do you have any tips or tools for for doing that yeah i think in so many ways we've just been conditioned it's conditioning from the moment we're born look we are pure perfect whole beings we are that's this essential pure light we are souls and we incarnate into this human experience just radiating in touch with the essence of life the divine and you know we'll jump on the table naked we don't care we're just free you know we'll we'll jump on the table and sing at the top of our lungs and we don't care if we don't sound like bruno mars or Celine dion we're just pure Love, pure light, pure consciousness, just being what it is without self-consciousness. And so we are all that. We don't know like black and white and good and bad. We're just being, you know, we we would, 
there's no prejudice when we're born. We're just in touch with the uh, with the soul essence until we meet our parents, you know. And our parents who have been conditioned, you know, God bless them. They're doing the best that they know how to do based on their life and their conditioning. But until our parents and, and, and every one of us had a different upbringing, start telling us based on their limited experiences and understanding and stories and conditioning how life is. This is how life is. This is who white people are, black people are, Asian people are, short people are. This is how women are. This is how men are. This is how women should be. This is how girls should be. This is how boys should be. So the conditioning process begins. So here we are, these bright souls, unconditioned pure light essence, without any prejudice, just pure beingness. We incarnate into this human experience of 3D duality. We, we now incarnate into a preset pattern of conditioning, generational, generational belief systems and karma. And so now maybe dad is an alcoholic. Maybe mom is crazy. Maybe they're both crazy. Maybe, you know, there, there's dysfunction, there's pain, there's trauma, there's abuse, mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual. Maybe they're great people. We love them. But they just didn't know. They didn't have the emotional intelligence to know how to meet our emotional needs in some way. And so that was painful for us. Even though we loved them and they were amazing, they just didn't have that capacity. And so a couple of things happened. The first thing is we learn unconsciously uh, all sorts of strategies to shut down, disconnect, and not feel. Not feel the pain that mom and dad are fighting all the time. It's too painful to feel that you know dad is beating mom. It's too painful to feel the, 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 the abandonment or dad is gone or they're not emotionally available and to feel the constant sense of longing and disappointment. So we learn all sorts of strategies to shut down, disconnect, not feel. Shut down, disconnect, not feel. Before you know it, Layers and 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 layers of unprocessed, unfelt feeling begins to become suppressed inside of us, covering up our soul, covering up our light, covering up our feeling heart's capacity. And our true light starts getting hidden underneath the layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of unprocessed feeling that we've learned to suppress, to function and survive, to not feel what's going on around. And we erect all sorts of walls around us in order to avoid the pain and this becomes a form of control if i can learn how to control my feelings then i don't feel hurt i don't feel helpless and now we hold on to this and now we disconnect from a part of ourselves and so we also learn as children often unconsciously a certain way of being of who do i think i need to be in the world in order to get love and validation and approval. Oh, if I'm, when I'm funny, dad loves me. Mm. Oh, when I cry, I get attention. Oh, when I'm a good girl and say yes, then everybody loves me. Oh, when I'm a certain way, I get, I get hit. So we start contorting ourselves unconsciously into a shape of who we think we need to be in order to get love, validation, approval. We start now becoming this shape, becoming this form, becoming this version of, of an energetic pattern of conditioning that we think we need to be in order to get love, validation, approval, and fit in. And now we hold so tightly to this way of being that this becomes who we actually think we are, but it's not. <laughs> the version of ourselves that we end up becoming is not what we really are, but we think it's who we are. We, we often say, this is just me. It's just who I am. I'm just shy. I'm just quiet. I'm just fill in the blank. And we often don't question ourselves. And so 
the question I have for people, and this is where I think it's important to start, is we don't realize that we're conditioned. And the degree to which we're conditioned is the degree to which we're not free. We, we now live our life playing out the pattern of our conditioning throughout our entire childhood, then, you know, adolescence, and then 20s and 30s and 40s, and it affects our life. We think we have free will, but we don't. We'd be run by the programs of our conditioning. And so, so we're not even aware that we're conditioned. So I think part of the first step is to just wake up, to become aware that, wow, I'm, I'm conditioned. I'm actually conditioned. And because of my conditioning, affecting my choices in love, my choices in relationship, the choices I make, my self-sabotage, the choices at work, I feel pain. And so I think we have to use that pain as feedback to start questioning our conditioning. But part of why it is often so difficult to question our conditioning is we get so identified with what we have been conditioned to become, thinking it's who we are, but the version of ourselves that we become is ego. That's ego. Ego is the sense or the version of ourselves that we've become, that we so identify with, name, body, form, belief system, belief structure, past memories, that we hold onto, that gets reinforced by life, and we think we're so sure that this is me. Now we end up living inside of the prison of our persona, the prison of our personality role and mask. And our so, so, so the fullness of our light, the fullness of our soul's magnificence, which is infinite, is kind of now like, I don't want to say limited, because it's not limited, but it kind of gets thwarted in the grip of our own persona's contorted condition patterns. So the fullness of our potential and life can't get out, which is why I think many of us, we feel deep down, we feel there's so much more I want to give. Mm -hmm. There's so much more inside of me. There's so much more I want to love. I want to create that book. I want to write that thing. I want to, but, but, but somehow it just doesn't get out through the layers of the prison of my conditioning. But your conditioning is not who you are. But we often think the conditioning is what we are. And so the ego, what we perceive ourselves to be, the ego doesn't want to change. The ego resists change. The ego wants everything and everyone else around to change, but it doesn't want to change because the job of the ego, when we understand this, it starts changing your relationship to yourself and life. The job of the ego is to reinforce your existence and identity. I'm alive. I am me. And the job of the ego is to protect you from getting hurt again like you were hurt when you were young. It's well intended. It's well intended. But it limits us. And so when we talk about surrender, when we talk about change, we talk about question yourself, which is where we have to start. Who am I? What am I? Is this me? Can I know this for sure about me? I'm not enough. I'm unlovable. I'm unworthy. I'm not valuable. Uh, all of these stories and limiting beliefs that we hold so tightly onto that limit the full expression of our soul in this human form, we have to be willing to question these things, but we often don't because ego is terrified of change and questioning and surrender because questioning and surrender and change and transformation for the ego feels like a death. And so the ego will often fight tooth and nail and resist to hold on to the old version of what we are in order to not change. So we will not question. So we go unconscious. We live in denial. We use drugs, you know, cigarettes, alcohol, 
to numb ourselves so that we disconnect and don't feel we 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 lie to ourselves about who we are. So one place for people to start is to begin questioning. Another place for people to start is to begin looking at what lies have you been telling yourself? What li- question number one? What lies am I telling myself? It is often scary because one of the strategies the ego stays the same is to be in denial, right? And so one of the things that keeps us stuck as human beings are all the lies we tell ourselves. We stay in relationships that we know are not aligned. We work jobs that we hate. We pretend to be who we're not. We betray ourselves to get love, validation, and approval from those around us. All well-intended, but it doesn't bring us joy. It doesn't bring us happiness. It keeps our soul trapped and in a cage. So if we can just start with the simple question, people say, well, where do I start? What lies am I telling myself? Just start being honest. There is no transformation without truth. You can't just pray your way there. That you've got to tell yourself the truth. That's why I say truth is real prayer. Truth is real yoga. Truth is real meditation. Many of the things we go to church to pray about would dissolve if we started telling ourselves <laughs> the truth. We have to want the truth more than we want what we have. We have to want the truth more than we want what we think we want. The truth will set you free. So what lies am I telling myself? Sometimes we don't tell ourselves the truth because we're afraid of the consequences. So the ego, in its well-intended sneakiness, will create a a smokescreen of confusion. Uh, I'm confused, I don't know, I'm not sure what to do. We know what to do, deep down. If someone put a gun to our head, we know the truth of what's really there. There's a part of us, our souls, that knows everything. Because at a deeper level, we are everything. We've just kind of gotten lost in the spaghetti of conditioning to not see all the deeper truth, and so, what am I pretend? What, what lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? And I tell people, take, take the pressure off of yourself, of having to, of having to take any action. Mm, yeah. That's because helpful. sometimes the fear of the consequence of the action starts to cl- starts to trigger the ego's resistance and defense mechanism, and we start getting all confused. I don't know if this person is right for me in relationship. We know. I don't know what my purpose is in life. We know. We deep down, we have a sense. And, and, and so if we can just take the pressure off of ourselves for having to take action, we don't have to take action. Okay. What's the truth? I'm not in love with my wife anymore. Scary. You don't have to leave. You don't have to divorce. But just start to get into relationship with that truth and that feeling and start seeing where it leads. It might lead to a breakthrough conversation. It might lead to really having a conversation that will lead you in a direction of, you know, getting real. And maybe you'll tell your wife, I don't know. I don't think I'm in love. And she might say, I'm in love with you. Well, thank God. Let's talk. You know, it will lead to more freedom. This is for sure. And so it might sound like I hate my job. I hate my job. It's terrifying. You don't have to leave. You don't have to quit. But just start getting a relationship to the truth. You can't change something until you accept it and until you get into relationship with the reality of where you're at. That is the beginning of transformation and that is the beginning of surrender. And so I think if people start with the truth, that is the beginning stages of opening to the possibility of surrender because what we do is we live in denial, then we go into resistance, then we start to realize, "Mm, maybe there's more. Then we get afraid and we start negotiating. 
And many of us, we negotiate our lives away through denial, through lying, through not telling the truth. And then we get to the point where we start realizing no matter how much I negotiate, my job is my job. It's not changing. I still hate my job. My spouse is not changing. They are still exactly how they are. Then we have to start coming to the truth into a place of acceptance. And so that's a beginning point. Oh, that is so well said. And then the next step for a lot of us, even without taking action, we call it our feel to heal practices and joy school. I know you talk about this as well. It's really, I think we we keep all those wraps on it because we're afraid to feel the fullness of those feelings. That's the key. You hit the nail on the head. We have like to truly heal and change and let go and surrender and, and transform. We have to be willing to face some of those feelings that we've learned our entire lives to expertly suppress. Because until we do, those feelings will remain deeply buried inside of us and we will remain stuck in a certain way of holding ourselves together as a way to not feel those feelings. So it will be almost impossible to truly authentically transform unless we start allowing ourselves to feel those feelings so that we can let them go. When we don't acknowledge those feelings, those feelings will manifest in unhealthy ways. When we don't acknowledge those feelings, those feelings will not only express in unhealthy ways, but it will, we will feel pain, emotional pain, depression, sadness, lethargy, lack of energy, physical pain, a temporary physical you know, backache, shoulder ache, a ongoing dis-ease. And these are ways that our feelings, our suppressed feelings, unconscious, is speaking to us. But in our culture, we often avoid our feelings because we're afraid that, well, if I feel my feelings, it will be overwhelming. If I feel my feelings, it will last forever. If I feel my feelings, it will break me and I won't come back. Not realizing that all feelings remain present until fully felt and no feelings last forever. So when we're able to just be with those feelings, as you said, there's no real transformation without authentically dealing with those feelings. You can't just mentalize your way there. And a lot of people just try to read about it and mentalize it and you know, do mental gyrations. But until you feel the feelings and release those feelings, there can be no real authentic healing and transformation. Between, I would say this as it relates to surrender, because it's connected to feelings. For true authentic surrender to happen, surrender being, let's say, that open-hearted, like, I surrender. I'm open to the new, I'm excited about the open-hearted participation with the process of life, right, that is happening. To truly move into that dimension of living, we have to feel. And the thing that we have to feel that we often don't feel, which is in the middle, and sometimes we don't feel also because we're afraid that if we feel, we will actually now have to acknowledge that we have to let go now. So if I don't feel, for instance, okay, let me back up. The phase that is often missing in the feeling component is grieving. Mm. Many times we don't allow ourselves to grieve because there's kind of two excuses. The first one might be, oh, I want to stay in a high vibration, low attraction. I want to, I'm not going to acknowledge this grief feeling, but we don't realize that if we suppress it, it doesn't go anywhere. It stays inside of us. When we suppress that grief, grief feeling, we just tend to attract to us situations that, that, that resonate at the level of grief feeling that we haven't actually dealt with. And, and so we're not actually 
moving ourselves forward, we're kind of recreating situations from the past by not dealing with the grief. And often in not acknowledging the grief, there's sometimes this, this, this idea that, well, if I don't acknowledge the grief, i.e. my father died, my mother died, the relationship is over. If I don't feel the grief, I can kind of be in denial and not admit that what has happened has really happened. I don't have to really admit that my mom is not around anymore. I, I'm just kind of like compartmentalize that. So sometimes we don't allow ourselves to feel the feelings as an unconscious way to try to stay connected to a situation, a person, and a thing. That's a denial strategy. And so I think when we can realize that grief feeling, but in this case, grieving is a portal to true authentic transformation. Surrender is a death. Is a, is a death of who we thought we were, of an identity, of a phase of our life, of a, of a dream that is no longer. It's a death. And so when we can grieve that we can let go of that layer of emotion around our heart, then there's more spaciousness. Our vibration increases. We can be more expanded. We can be more available. More of us can be available to the new possibility and the new opportunity moving forward. And so feeling you can't hack your way there. You can't shortcut your way there. You can't just meditate your way there. You have to authentically, consciously, with intention, move through those layers of feeling so that you can let go and integrate that within yourself. And that's what digests those stored pockets of energy, right? When we were so young and had those scary things happen that we were just too emotionally immature to, to deal with them, they stored yes. in us. And this is the only yes. way to let them out is to, to do what you're saying and to just fully invite the feelings. That's yes. beautiful. Um, on this podcast, I always give guests a, a, a concrete tool to take into their week, to apply to their lives. You've given so many already. Um, would, would that be your suggestion? It could even just be a, a question to go, we could go with the honesty. Where are you not being Look, honest honesty, with yourself? Yes, what lies am I telling myself? If you sat with this, what lies am I telling myself? And you just were ruthlessly honest. What am I pretending to not know? And then allowing yourself to feel. A concrete thing I would give people is, look, around feeling. Sometimes people think that they're feeling, but could I have been feeling this pain forever and it's still here? Many times we think that we're feeling, but we're not feeling. We're thinking about the feeling. We're analyzing the feeling. We're mentalizing about the feeling, judging it, trying to get rid of it, you know, telling a story about it, not directly experiencing the feeling. When we directly are with it, surrender, when we're with it fully, a layer of that feeling can dissolve. So what does that look like? Take the layer, like whatever feeling you have, accept that it's there, step one. Surrender, step two. And then take the label off of, your, off of the feeling, good, bad, grief, pain, depression take the label off because many times there's so many preconceived ideas about what this feeling means so now we resist it take the label off and just experience the feeling as sensation in your body where do I feel this in my body where do I notice this, this grief where do I notice this anger where do I notice this, this as a sensation in my body you don't even have to call it grief or anger where do I notice this feeling as energy and sensation in my body 
we're not thinking about it, we're not analyzing, we're just fully surrendering and being with the sensation completely and fully. Wow, I'm noticing that sensation in my belly. I'm noticing that sensation as warmth, as tightness, as, you know, as, as fullness, as heaviness. And now if you can just be with the sensation and notice what happens and follow the sensation, the more you can be with it, experience it, surrender to it with total awareness and notice what happens, you will find that as you're with it, the natural cycle of the feeling will often begin to complete itself where you can just fully be with it without any resistance. It will, it will not really stay the same. And so to me, this ability to surrender and be with the feeling without any re resistance as a sensation in your body is a tool that people can use. Beautiful, yeah. And that's why we bump up against these things in our life that trigger us, right? It's just to have that opportunity. These things that we think are causing our pain or discomfort in the present moment are usually just because we've stored that in there and we haven't ever given ourselves that gift of, of fully feeling and, and expressing them so that they can release and become lighter with every time that we do it. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, that requires, I, I think, a degree of present moment awareness. Sometimes in the thick of our, our life, we can't like take the time in that moment to stop and do all that feeling. But then you just have to make a note to yourself later t today. I'm going to go in the bathtub or I'm going to go in my room or wherever I feel safe. And I'm going to revisit that feeling. I'm going to allow it to express. And I, I love also the way you talk about purpose in terms of, you know, purposes in this present moment. We think our purpose is out there and we have to find it and yet we have to be all up in our heads about it. And um, tell us about why purpose is actually right here right now for every one of us. Well, I think that, yeah, I, you know, many times people say, how can I find my purpose? And I, and I would tell people, I always tell people, stop looking for your purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, the, often the constant seeking for your purpose is really another ego strategy because the ego wants to constantly seek and seek and seek. It loves seeking because seeking is how it reinforces its identity. It's always doing something. And, and so I think when we can say, okay, stop seeking. Okay, now what? I think if we can realize that we are souls, it's, it's a shift in context to realize that you are a soul. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that you're a soul, a spiritual being that has incarnated into this human experience in order to learn to grow, to evolve, that this human experience is like a university for your soul's evolution. This human experience is, and everything in this human experience is part of the curriculum for your soul's growth and evolution then every situation, every experience, every relationship is part of the learning, is your teacher to help you evolve. If you start seeing life from a more soul-filled view versus the ego view, when we're just in the ego, in the one-dimensional sort of way of seeing life, the goal line, but I'm saying look at things from the soul line, because you have the goal line, you have the soul line. Mm. And... And when you're able to see life that way, it starts shifting everything. And if, if we're souls, life is a school, and we are here to learn and evolve, then you begin to realize that if the purpose of life is evolution, the degree to which you learn the lessons where you are, when you are with who you're with, then no matter what you're doing, whether you're cleaning the street, whether you're in the grocery store, whether you're CEO of a company, no matter what you're doing, 
So long as you're evolving, you are living the purpose for your existence. So long as you are learning, growing, evolving, you are lo- you are living the purpose for your existence. Yeah. You can be a great CEO doing some amazing thing, but if you're becoming less of who you are, if you're becoming more disconnected from who you are, but you have two billion in the bank, then probably you're not truly evolving, and you're devolving, and maybe not really living your purpose, even though you're doing something great. So doing is not your purpose, but being an evolution is your true purpose. So in any in any given situation, I don't care if you're the checkout person in in, in the grocery store, if you're a mechanic, if you're an accountant, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a coach. Like sometimes people think, oh, I got to be a healer and a coach to like be living my purpose. No, sometimes you could just be the most amazing mother, living your purpose, and that is incredible. It's not about what you do; it's about who you're being. And the degree to which you're learning the lessons for why your soul attracted this experience. So in any given situation, ask yourself, why did my soul attract this experience? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, what is my soul seeking to learn from this situation? What is my soul seeking to learn from this dynamic? What is my soul seeking to learn from this person, from my boss, from my employee, from my co-worker? Because if you learn the lesson and you realize more of who you are, become more of your authentic self, you're living your purpose no matter what you do. And I think that's the foundation and that's the key. And so nothing needs to be any different to live your purpose. Now, there might be, the last thing I'll say is there might be some people that might think, okay, I get that, but now I would love to be able to express in the world as a human being on a human level. Well, I would also say stop seeking your purpose. Instead, just move in the direction. There's four things. Move in the direction of what you love. Go in the direction of what makes you come alive. You don't have to know where you're going to get to exactly exactly where you need to be. Many of us, we try to figure out our life's purpose from our current consciousness today. But your true life purpose cannot be figured out from who you are today because the version of yourself that will be when you're living your purpose won't be who you are right now. So take a step. Go in the direction of what you love. Take a step. When you take a step, life reveals to you the next step. When you take another step, life reveals to you the another step. When you take another step, life reveals to you the next step. Your purpose gets revealed to you in the process of living itself. And, and often, when you really trust that way, life shows you what you need to know exactly when you need to know it in the process of life. And so... If you didn't take that step because you're busy figuring out your purpose, you wouldn't grow and evolve and become the person who's capable of the next step. And so the key is go in the direction of what turns you on, lights you up, makes you come alive. Life shows you what's next. You end up then often living into the purpose of your life. And sometimes the purpose that you thought was your purpose won't be your purpose from the current level of consciousness. You end up living into it, looking around and going, I'm living my purpose. <laughs> wasn't quite wasn't quite what I thought. Then, so I would say the second thing is look at what specific skills you have. What tangible skills do I actually have based on my life experience? And that's why sometimes if you wait for your perfect purpose, you won't take that job. Sometimes we say, well, that job is not my purpose, but maybe in that job, there's something you need to learn, a skill technique that you need to learn to prepare you for your real purpose. That if you don't take that job because you're like, well, it's not my purpose, you wouldn't be ready for your real purpose. The third thing is, is look at what unique problem, what problems you are uniquely gifted at solving by asking yourself, how can I be of service? 
making money is a function of adding value. You add value when you're of service. You're of service when you solve someone's pain, problem, or challenge. And so when, and when you're able to solve someone's pain, problem, or challenge, sometimes people say, but I'm living my purpose. Yeah, but your purpose doesn't, doesn't solve anything for anybody. I'm living, <laughs> you know, we're talking on a personal, practical level. You know, I, I'm living my purpose, you know, making like little origami things, great, but if you want to make money in the world, living your purpose, you will have to then figure out what skills do I have, and then on a practical level, how can I be of service by solving a pain, problem, or challenge? Money is the transference of energy when you're able to solve a pain, problem, or challenge. And lastly, look at what group of people you feel a connection or a affinity to. I feel a connection to the underprivileged you know, teenage kids. I feel a connection to you know, the elderly. I feel a connection to the whales in the ocean. This is likely pointing you in the direction of who you're here to serve. Many times we are waiting for a big purpose to begin. I would say look around and see how you can simply respond to the need in the moment. If you respond to the need that is right in front of you in the moment, then life will give you more. Absolutely beautiful. Could tell all the listeners where they can find you and follow up with you and get more of your wonderfulness. Well, thank you. Uh, yes, people can find me too, a couple of ways. Number one, get the book, The Magic of Surrender. You can find it on Amazon. Get the paperback version. Check it out there. Uh, it's, it's written in a very, very simple way. Number two, if folks are inspired by today's conversation, um, twice a year I do an event to Bali. And uh, maybe if someone is in a place in life where you feel ready for your next level, you feel a deep calling to make a difference on the planet, you feel ready to heal and transform the patterns of your conditioning, connect to your authentic self and share your gifts with the world. Uh, I do a 12-day event in Bali and it's pretty life-changing. It's designed to help free you, connect you to your true source of power and help you share your, live your purpose on the planet. Uh, the next event is July the 28th to August the 8th. People can find out more www.boundlessblissbali.com. That's boundlessblissbali.com. Uh, my main website is Coot Blackson, A-U-T-E Blackson, B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N, CootBlackson.com. Uh, people can follow me on Instagram, Coot Blackson, Facebook, Coot Love Now, and uh, my, my podcast, Soul Talk. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Is there anything on your heart that we haven't haven't touched on oh, yet? Anything great. that you want to leave for, for the listeners? What a delight to be with you today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, Koo. Thank you. Much, much love. Deepest gratitude and love to you, my beautiful listener tribe, with representation in 30 countries all across the globe. I'm so honored to spend this time with you. If you're wondering about my online events, my books, joining my Joy School community, all of that is waiting for you at lisamccourt.com. I look forward to connecting with you there. Much love.
Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.